Fuck me. Where did you get these? I'm glad you like them. You know what? I'll start bringing these to you every morning. Call biscuits with the boss. That really isn't necessary. Okay, well, mark this down as the first time we disagree then. Actually, no, second time. Uh, tea is horrible. Absolute garbage water. I don't know why y'all do that. Anywho, you know, we can't really be, uh, you know, good partners unless we get to know each other, right? Ted. We're going to start simple. Real easy, real easy one. We're going to no. do uh, first concert, best concert. You go ahead and go first. Go, right off the bat. Uh, the Spice Girls. And, uh... The Spice Girls. Same answer for both? Oh, I love that. My turn. First concert. Well, I mean, come on. It was the gambler himself, Mr. Kenny Rogers. Okay. You gotta know I'm when sorry. to hold him. Ted. When to hold him. Know when to fold him. When to fold him. Coach know Lasso. Know when to walk away. Know when to... Stop. Ted, I'm sorry. Biscuits with the boss is not something that I have time for this morning. Or ever. I hear you, boss. Loud and clear. There we go. Okay. You're gonna show up tomorrow with biscuits, aren't you? Oh, come on now. I would not bet on that. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to win a buttload of money. <laughs> High five, tree. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week we are covering slash recovering Ted Lasso Season 1, Episode 2, Biscuits. I want to, first off, I want to thank people because the I want to thank the listeners because the numbers have been great for the pilot, covering the pilot. So it seems like we did bring in some new listeners, so hopefully you felt very welcome by Kristen welcoming you in last week. And I shared that sentiment. <laughs> I don't want it to make it sound like I didn't. Yes. I, I wasn't welcoming ben you Ben doesn't in. care. I don't care. <laughs> Only me. No, but the numbers have been great, so I love it. Um, thank you so much again for all the feedback you left us for the pilot. Not as much this week, but that's okay. There's still plenty of episodes left to uh, to leave the feedback for. Yes, and we um, encourage all feedback, even if you say, love the episode. The end. Good. Great. Yep. Good. We'll still read it. It's fine. Uh, and you're going to hear this a lot throughout the coverage of this. But man, uh, episode two, again, just reminds me how much I adore this show. I, um, because we are doing uh, episode two and three back to back uh, in our recording. So I watched both and I love biscuits, but the next episode, episode three, really, I, I love even more. So the show, uh, you know, the show just gets better and better and better is my point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and you can tell that these characters are just really flushed out, which I, I enjoy. It looks like they really took the characters and they focused in on who they are and how they work. Um, and you really get that in these first three episodes. I mean, you know, we've talked earlier um, in the past about how we always give a new television show three episodes, no matter what. And this is one of those shows you don't need three episodes for. But if you were to just take the first three episodes of this show, I, I'd be hard pressed to find somebody that said, nah, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you did give a little bit of a peek behind the scenes in that we are 
at this moment that we're recording right now, you're listening to our coverage of episode two, but we are recording episodes two and three back to back because Kristen will be on a trip next weekend. Yes, uh, I will. And we did not want to miss a week like nope. we have done so many times with Lost. Like we want to make sure we go through with this. We are so, staying on schedule, people. So when you're listening to episode three next week, uh, just know that the feedback section will be just me. Because <laughs> I will be you enjoy it. <laughs> I will be recording. <laughs> wow. No pressure at all. <laughs> but I will be recording that solo next week so that we can still get your feedback in and because Kristen will be on the trip. So I will but not will be, be I will not will be not reachable. Be, you'll be reachable, but you won't be recording savvy. Like you no, won't be in a way you can. Well, where we're going, there's like almost no service because we're going camping. Oh, okay. So I really won't be reachable. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um, so yeah, so we'll that'll that's next week. That's next week's episode. Uh, let's cover this week's. Uh, Sounds good season, to me. Season one, episode two, biscuits. biscuits. And just to kind of familiarize yourself again with the format, a little bit of a difference between Lost and now. Uh, what we are doing is make sure you read the notes uh, or the description of the podcast, aka the show notes, as I am giving timestamps in there because. We will keep the discussion as spoiler-free as possible. However, at the end of the discussion, we will dive into some spoilers. So if you have not seen the show before, and this is your first time viewing, we want you to avoid that section because we want you to enjoy, unless you're okay with spoilers, and then you can listen to it. Uh, but you'll have the times in the notes of where, of where to stop and where to restart, because after we do that, we talk about our favorite quotes of the episode as well as the feedback section after that as well. So make sure you're checking the show notes to make sure you're avoiding the heavy spoilers that we'll do towards the end of the episode. That said, uh, let's get into the discussion. Where do you, where do you want to start with this one? Cause I mean, again, I put asterisks in my notes next to quotes and I have so many asterisks. So <laughs> I want to start, I want to start kind of with, um, you know, we kind of get a look into how Ted coaches in this episode. And you can tell that, you know, he wants he wants to really get to know his players. And the players are just giving him a lot of um a lot of kind of pushback for it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Ted is trying, he's trying a lot of uh teacher tricks, I would say, you know, with a suggestion box and with um trying to pinpoint kind of the person that could turn it all around. Um right? Is that where we are? Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, he's still getting to know his players, he's still feeling out, you know who he can put where and in what role. So we have a lot of, we have a lot of that in this episode. And one thing that I think is really great is that we see that Ted is a really astute observer in the, in the way that he notices that Sam is not his normal self. Mm -hmm. um, and as somebody who's watched the whole show, Sam watching Sam now and to where he eventually will be, he has this amazing character journey that I don't think I ever really fully appreciated until we started this rewatch. Because yeah, he's it, completely different right now. 
And, and it, there's a lot of characters that are that way, I think. But Sam, I think you're right. I think is probably the biggest one mm-hmm. of all of them. He is the one that makes one of the most. Well, no, Jamie I, is the biggest one. But let's go back to I, Sam. Well, and I, <laughs> well, and I will also put in the argument of another player of Colin. Oh well, um, yeah, but that comes in season three. That comes in season two and season three. Yeah, right. that, we don't get a lot of. There's a number of characters we've been introduced to in, namely McAdoo, Colin, um, French guy, <laughs> French guy. That's all I and got. We, <laughs> and we get mentioned. Oh no, that's episode three. Sorry. Um, right now player. they're all Robbies. That's that's right. Um, oh man, that's a a reference many people might not get. That's okay. Keep listening. But, We'll ex- no, we'll explain it in episode three because that doesn't come in until episode three. Right. Um, yeah, but you're right. As of now, Sam is it's, – it's funny because you're right. In these first three episodes, it's interesting how the writers take these different characters and we get the introductions in the first episode. In the second episode, they take one or two of these characters and they give us a little bit of a deeper look into these characters. And then episode three, it's the same thing, but it's different characters. They give right. us – deeper looks into those so you're right these first three episodes are really great deep looks into who these characters that are important to this first season yeah and i think sam is one of those characters and sam obasanya did i say that right obasanya yes oh my gosh i'm so excited every time i get that right i get really (laughs) excited um but you know we learned that his birthday is coming up He's homesick and he's being, um, he's being, I wouldn't say bullied, but he's definitely being targeted by Jamie a little bit because Jamie absolutely sees him as a threat on the pitch. That's a, that's an interesting viewpoint too, because I do have it in my notes that we get to see one of the things we do get to see full on display in this episode is Jamie's skill, but also his arrogance. Um, And, yeah. it's, and it's through, literally, it's through Sam mm-hmm. that we get that in this episode because we see him kind of outskill Sam and then and and make the goal when they're training. You know, when they're when they're training, and and you see that I I, I don't mean to speak over you. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. Um, but you see that Jamie is a very selfish player in this mm-hmm. as well. You know, um. And I think that that's really important to highlight as well, because I don't think Sam, by his innate nature, is a selfish player. And so he doesn't really know how to play with this teammate of his who is going to kind of crush him at every turn to make himself, Jamie, look better than the rest of his teammates. Yeah, because you're right. <clears throat> putting it self, putting it as in, as Jamie being a selfish player is probably really the best way to spot on describe Jamie. Ja- and, well, I mean, and Jamie even says that himself, like that this the team he says it in the conversation with Trent Krim at the end of the episode. In that when Trent when Trent wants a comment from Jamie. Jamie kind of blows it off at first and then he turns around and he tells Trent like, no, like I'm the, I'm the, I'm the team. I am Which the is team. such, you see that Jamie wants to do well though in that moment. I'm so glad that you bring that up because Jamie, Jamie says exactly what he should say to Trent Krim, which is exactly what Ted said to Jamie, which the fact that Jamie repeated it to uh, 
Trent tells us that he internalized that. He actually, he didn't dismiss it immediately. That's something that stayed in his head, but then he just couldn't help himself. Like he still has this lack of impulse control when it comes to, like you said, his arrogance, but you see in this one little tiny conversation between him and Trent Krim, he does want to be better, but he doesn't know how. He can't get out of his own way. And it's small, and it's a nice piece of foreshadowing for what eventually sets up his his character. Well, not only that, but there's another moment in this episode, too, that kind of shows, again, I mentioned this in the last episode, how none of these characters are surface characters. There's so much more right. to these characters than we get to see on the surface right now. And we'll get them a little bit more. And they kind of hint at it in a number of ways with Jamie Mm -hmm. in that conversation with Trent. But the other way is, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I didn't write the quote down exactly, but there's the moment with, with Ted and Keely talking about lion or panda, which they discuss. I wrote down that quote. And then Jamie comes out and Ted asks Jamie the same question. Like, would you rather be a lion or a panda? And he says, I, I, I'm going to be me. Cause like, you know, that's who I am. And and Ted's like, well, I don't think you realize how mentally, if you says, have the Jamie, quote, I don't think you realize how psychologically healthy that is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, and that right there, like, as funny as that line is, it really does denote a little bit more of Jamie's character. Jamie, as much of a selfish character as he seems, is a little bit more in tune with himself than I think Jamie even realizes at this time. Yeah. I mean, his arrogance is... His arrogance is toxic, but his self-confidence is healthy. And that's very that I think that that is kind of the truth for a lot of really good and really famous talented players, you know? Mm-hmm. And um I love the fact that Ted is starting to work on him in in this episode. You know, he gets the piece of advice from Keely of he really responds to positive reinforcement, which we learn the why of that later in the season. Um but when Ted takes him into his office and he gives him all of that praise, but then he he lovingly wraps it up in some constructive criticism to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that that is such a pivotal first step with Ted and Jamie for Jamie. And it's something that doesn't even get through his thick skull for a while, but he he respects Keely enough and her knowledge enough to take her advice in dealing with Jamie. And I do think that he chipped away a very tiny chip of that wall that Jamie keeps around him, um, which is nice to see. Yeah. And yeah, and I think there's still a lot of, you know, and I think part of the things with Jamie too, is that Jamie, I think Jamie kind of knows that Ted is getting to him Mm. a little bit, but on the surface, he doesn't want to appear that way. Mm -hmm. So he still does a lot of these arrogant things. He sticks the chewing gum in Nate's box. That was such a dick move. Well, and that's the thing too. Like I remember now that we're going back and rewatching this again, you, you kind of touched on a little bit and we won't go too spoilery in Jamie's character arc between Mm -hmm. season one and season three. It just, it is a, they are two completely different people between the beginning and the end. And it's kind of almost funny and yet jarring a little bit to reintroduce ourselves to this version yeah, of Jamie. Bends. Yeah, it really is because it's <laughs> such a draft drastic difference. Yeah. I 
I, I didn't tell you this before we started recording, but I made the mistake. I don't know why I did it. I made the mistake of after I watched episodes two and three yesterday, last night, I went back and I rewatched the back half of the series finale. Why? I don't know because it <laughs> still made me ball like a freaking baby. Okay, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, we're not going to do like we did with Lost. Well, I, let's, I wasn't let's gonna, go back. I wasn't going to mention any reasons yeah. why it made me ball. Let's um, go back to Sam's birthday. I don't know how we got on Jamie here. Oh, God. Even his arrogance and selfishness is coming into our Took conversation. Took away from Sam's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting, what I love here is that um, – is that we get that famous conversation between Ted and Sam that ends up being kind of a life motto for a lot of people. And that's the be a goldfish conversation. Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen. Well, that happens. Oh yeah. In that the very beginning the, of the episode. No, that happens after they lose. No, it happens in, it happens during their practice, their training after he's sitting there and he just got pummeled by, um, Oh, that's right. By that's Jamie. Right. You're right. Yep. He says, Sam, come over here. And he's like, you know, and he starts talking about, um, being a goldfish, um, which is if you're a Ted Lasso fan, um, and you've rewatched the show several times, you understand exactly what that is. Um, the be a goldfish. Well, we can, I mean, we can mention it cause he does. Oh well, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm vamping right now. Cause I'm trying to get to the conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's basically the reason why he tells Sam to be a goldfish is because a goldfish has a 10 second memory. Right. So here it is. It's Sam coach. I'm sorry, Ted, you know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why Sam? No, Ted got a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. Yeah. Sam stares confused. Ted. Yeah, you got it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's something to keep in mind because right now it's very on the surface because they had that discussion. He explained why to be a goldfish and he says be a goldfish, but it doesn't it's not going to come back to play on the surface for a while. Right. Right. But it's very underlying throughout this story. It's amazing advice, especially for yeah. someone like Sam, you know? Um, because I think that he needs, he needs that direction. He needs somebody to reassure him that it's okay to be upset, but then wash it away. It'll be fine. It's just a game. Well, I, well and I think that's one of the reasons why, again, like we talked about how much we love this show. And last week we talked about like how helpful this show was for mm -hmm. certain people during tough times. And it still remains that today. And I think because uh, there really are a lot of life lessons throughout this entire story and 100%. be a goldfish be a goldfish is one that i like every single person who watches this show should take like don't let anything bother you for longer than 10 seconds like right i mean look there's always extenuating circumstances in yes. that yeah it's not a blanket I, statement but for about 80 percent of of your life's issues yeah i mean just let it go it's because the, the way that Jamie treats Sam is not about Sam. It's about, it's no, about Jamie. It's, yeah. And I mean, and it's one of the reasons why, to be completely honest with you, like I don't post on Facebook nearly as much as I used to. Like I still post fun things like trailers and stuff like that, but like personal stuff and political stuff or religious stuff, whatever. Like it's one of the reasons I don't post that anymore is because I will type it out 
and then I'll sit with it before I click send. And then nine times out of 10, it's deleted before I even click send. Yeah. I'm hitting backspace and it's gone. That's healthy. Yeah. Because healthy. it's being a goldfish. Like, you know, and then once I delete it, I actually feel better. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of those things where it's like, you know, um, anybody that celebrates Festivus, right? You, you <laughs> get the Festivus poll and you put on all of your grievances and then that's the end. Um, or if you write down all of your grievances and you burn it in a trash pile or you send it on its way in a balloon, either way, you're getting rid of that toxicity that lives inside mm-hmm. of you in some, in some ritualistic way. Right. Yeah. Um, but going back to Sam, watching his reaction, excuse me, watch, I'm sorry, still this cold won't go away. Watching Sam's reaction to his gift where he got treats from his home country. He got chin from, chin. Yeah. From his, yeah. his teammates that struck very deeply for him. And I think this is where we see our Sam, our Sam Obasanya. You know, this is where we really see him begin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we, yeah, he, we re- he likes that personal touch. That That's Sam. Yeah. I mean, and I love the fact that Sam is still very open about his emotions, which we're definitely going to see later. But when, when Ted gives him the army man, like he he doesn't just take it and be like okay like <laughs> like he tells him like do, do you mind if I give this back to you <laughs> you know <laughs> and they both say the... he goes because imperialism oh yeah, yeah. imperialism oh, yeah. got that yep. yep and ted totally gets it mm-hmm. like he totally understands that but i so, like it that it was like a joke but at the same time like <laughs> i don't know it's like it's a very serious subject but he's like yeah. i'm going to give this back to you because imperialism <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like it was, it was very sweet in, in what Ted did. And it really, it, it, it imparted a lot in Sam and that you're right. We kind of start to see the glimpses of the Sam that we're all going to know and love. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the idea of doing that was twofold because one, it not only gave Ted and Sam a little bit more of a connection, Ted connected with the team through Mm -hmm. that action. Yeah. Because the team now saw the lengths to which Ted would go for them. Yes. And it started with Sam. Because there's a present, there's birthday cake, there's music, there's balloons. I mean, they just lost this game at the end against Crystal Palace, and they're all celebrating, and he's not making them feel bad. And I think that that is such a crucial thing to learn in sports is that it is okay to lose. It's okay to lose and still smile at the end, you know, that's something that we really don't see a lot. Um, we see temper tantrums on television and we see people refusing to play, refusing to practice, refusing to, you know, do things if they're not paid correctly. And Ted is just like, Hey guys, you know what? We lost that sucked, but it's Sam's birthday. And let's concentrate on that because in the grand scheme of things, that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it it was nice seeing that connection to Sam, but I love seeing the underlying aspect in that. Mm -hmm. You know, Nate brings around the box that he made with his niece. So cute. So cute. (laughs) Those boxes get better, too. That second box was way better than the first one. It's a him. It has a face. It has a face. It's a him. Oh, he has a face. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love I love Ted's like little like, oh, and I love getting this glimpse into your personal life. <laughs> <laughs> when he's talking about making the boxes with Nate. Right. But like it's it's like because the first one was the suggestion box. Yes. And then the second one was the collection box in which yes. everybody took up the collection for except for Jamie. Sam. Everybody put Jamie and that kind of shows more of his arrogance and again at this point in time he's a dick. He's a dick. And I think it's safe to say he's always a dick. Yes. But eventually he becomes a different kind of a dick. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yes. But right now he's just, when he sticks the gum in there and it's obvious that Nate spent a lot of time and a little girl spent a lot of time on yeah. that box too. And his disregard for both is just, it's jarring. I mean, just the fact that Jamie is wearing a hat that says icon in big, bold letters. Mm-hmm shows the arrogance that Jamie has and puts on display. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just, he, he doesn't just have this arrogance on the field. He carries this arrogance with him everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yes. And, and, and that's something I didn't even consider too. Like you said about like a little girl helped to work on this box too. Yeah. I didn't think about that. And that makes Jamie even more of a dick. It makes him worse. Yeah, it definitely it, it makes ma it worse. <laughs> it makes him worse. But I love the fact in this rewatch that the writers are making you intentionally hate Jamie. Oh, and they're doing a smashing job yeah. at it, as the UK doing, people would say. They're doing a... <laughs> I'm sorry. It just made me think of one of my quotes for this when you said, as the British people would say, when... <laughs> When Jamie walks away from Ted, I know we haven't gotten the quotes yet, but when Jamie walks away from Ted, it says, cheers, and Ted replies with, night court. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a prime example that Ted just does not get British culture yet. No, but I love it that he's trying. <laughs> and, and the one way that he's trying is the title of this episode is is Biscuits, right? It's biscuits, which we have to talk about. Yeah. Which we have to talk about. So um, do, take it away. So I love the fact that like it's, it's the opening of the episode. And, you know, we see Rebecca sitting in her office. And I had to pull up this image. I had to screenshot this because she is online as she is searching for Rupert Mannion. Mm. And I don't know if you caught some of the search results that come up. <laughs> I think I did, Googles. but I don't remember them. So there are, I'll, I'll name a couple of them, but there's two of them. There's one in particular that kind of sticks out. So on the screen, when she's searching for Rupert Mannion, there's Rupert Mannion divorce, Rupert Mannion net worth, Rupert Mannion height, Rupert Mannion age, Rupert Mannion cheating, Rupert Mannion facts, Rupert Mannion AFC Richmond, Rupert Mannion models. But there's one I left out because it says Rupert Mannion penis girth. <laughs> Which I feel like the writers just kind of threw in there to see if anybody would catch it. Right. And which I'm sure tons of people did. Because there's no, that never comes up throughout the run of this series. Never comes well, up. Well, what's funny is that, you know, they have, have you seen those uh, interviews that, um, that stars of movies do when it's like, let's do the Google search results and then they take it off, yes. you know? Yeah. That would be hilarious if they did that with um, Rupert Mannion and, and Rebecca, like as as their characters, 
but sitting bit sitting down for that <laughs> and just ripping it off. And they both kind of look at each other like, let's pass that bud. I mean, the only reason I can think of why that would be a viable search is that people are wondering how he gets all these hot women. Money. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's does money. This guy, does this guy have a big penis? Like, nope, just what? money. Nope, just money. Lots of money. But getting back to it, like we see, you know, Ted comes back into the office. He's got biscuits again, and he's deemed this new tradition: biscuits with the boss. No, 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 nope. Biscuits with the boss. Oh, sorry, uh, boss. Um, and and I love that. Like, this gives us kind of a little bit of a deeper glimpse into Rebecca too, because as much as she wants to hate the fact that Ted is doing this, we see her actually look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Like she is so happy. She's actually excited. She immediately grabs that box and starts going for that biscuit. Yes, she does. Do you know the behind the scenes trivia of these biscuits? No. Okay. So Dave found this last night and I thought it was hilarious. Apparently the show, the show's, um, uh, prop people, they didn't really realize that um, that Rebecca would be eating biscuits as much as she was. Oh, no. So they didn't put a lot of thought into the recipe and they were terrible. And she said, the actress um, said, whose name is escaping me right Hannah now. Hannah Waddington. Thank you so much. Hannah Waddington said, eating those biscuits was some of the best acting I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> she goes, they were God awful. <laughs> I'm sure Which they got weird. better. Well, I hope I hope that they eventually did. Well, because there is a legitimate recipe for them out there now. Right, right. Yeah. So I Which hope I that, still want to make. I, I kind of want to make them now too. I gotta make um, them vegan though, so but I mean, like when continuing on the discussion with the you know, the biscuits too, she puts Higgins to work. And, you know, she tells Higgins, <laughs> yeah, like, she... find out where he's getting these biscuits from. And I think one of the most endearing things about this episode, and it's an endearing quality about Ted, is by the end of the, it's it's a mystery, but it doesn't stay a mystery until the end of the episode. Like, it, they could have kept this a mystery through the run of the series. Yeah, they could have. And not revealed it until the end. It could have been but, a running gag that she yeah. just was always trying to find him. Always trying to find the biscuits. But we get the reveal at the end. Ted makes them. Yeah, he does. It is so endearing that he we see him at home baking these biscuits himself. Yeah. Boxing them up. And I love the fact that he keeps them under a bobblehead of the Queen of England. Yes, I know. I love it, it so much. Because it's him embracing British culture by mm-hmm. using a bobblehead of the Queen. But I also think that I also think that's Ted kind of really admiring Rebecca. Right. Like he she's a queen. Yes. To him. She, well, she is the queen of of the palace as far as Richmond goes. Yeah. And I don't think and I think that he sees that she doesn't quite get that yet. And I think that he's trying to empower her right now where she yeah. doesn't feel that she should be or could be empowered. Um, you know, she she's doing something that is revengeful and petty towards her ex-husband, but she has yet to appreciate or realize the 
absolute gift she has accidentally given herself in Ted Lasso and this sports team. And it's fun for, to watch us as, as audience members, it's fun for us to see that kind of revelation unfold over the course of this first season. Yeah. Because Nate to her or not Nate, uh, Ted, well, Nate too, but Ted to her is nothing more than an annoyance. He's a, he's a prop. Yeah. But she likes her. her. I, I think we're starting to see that crack a little bit. She too, liked but- it when he serenaded her with Kenny, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> he liked, she liked it. Nobody likes oh, that song, but she, liked I it. like that song. That's fine. It's the gambler. It's fine. You gotta know. No, I won't do it. Stop um, it. That's, <laughs> that's still one of the greatest, uh, one of the most ironic deaths ever was when Kenny Rogers died in 2020, right when COVID hit and everybody was like, well, you got to know when to fold him, I guess. <laughs> I don't think it mattered when he died. People were going to use that line. Yeah, but it was a, like so appropriate in 2020. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, so we get we get a lot more with the biscuits, and the biscuits do play a it's it's really it's it's really funny because when you look at you know things that happen in this episode and then looking ahead of episode three, which we'll save that conversation for that episode, right? But we're finding that Ted is looking for all these little nuances to kind of break people. Like, not break them in a bad way. Like, he wants to break through that exterior. And it's fun to watch from the beginning again all these different little ways Ted is kind of cracking characters. And well, Biscuits British- is it for Rebecca. Right. And I, I, you know, and excuse me to anybody who takes offense to this, but I have noticed that, you know, British people, while they are very warm and they're funny and they're engaging, they're also very standoffish. There's like this wall that seems to always be around like really proper British people. Um, And I think that watching Ted kind of uh, disarm them in this quality is it's really fun to watch because they're like, oh, you're not going to stay standoffish with me. Okay, I guess we're doing this. Great. You know? Yeah, he's he's not playing. He's not playing maybe by the same rules. Right. Right. Yeah. It's that, yeah. it's that culture, uh, culture shock on both ends. Right. They've got yeah. the British that are looking at the American, this new American coach, like, mm, I don't think you know where you are. And he's like, I know exactly where I am. I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of like, like he's kind of throwing in his little like he's he's kind of throwing in little american nuances into mm-hmm. in more in references that he makes rather than things that he presents yeah um you know he he mentions movies he mentions actors you know mm-hmm. he mentions states you know places in america that these guys might not know about like he's he's kind of throwing in his own little american references as he goes but he's also willing to learn about this culture because he knows, like, this is where he is now. No, I mean, he has to assimilate, just like yes. anybody, if they're going to go live in another country or another home or anything like that. But it doesn't mean that he can't bring his own style and flavor to his assimilation. Yeah. He's not forgetting where he's from. Right. Which is all. wonderful. It's 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 so much fun to watch. And we get our um, first glimpse into his love for barbecue sauce. No, that's next episode. 
Yes, it is. Never mind. That's episode three. I know it's, it's, I hate doing back to back. I know, back to back. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I almost said it too. And I had to think, I'm like, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, I want to mention too, one of the other things we kind of get is we, we don't know yet exactly what it means, but there's a moment there with Ted on the pitch and he's checking his hands. So I have that as my very top note. So go, go for it. No, you, you have it run with it. So (laughs) Ted, as we got last week, we see that he, we see the fringes of a panic attack happening uh, last week during his first Mm -hmm. press conference. This, uh, and then the second time Ted's anxiety, you see his hands and his hands are in his pocket and he takes them out and he kind of wrings them out and shakes them out a little bit. And for anybody that has anxiety, you know that anxiety starts in your hands a lot of the times, your heart and your hands. And Beard notices. And I think that that is really telling of their relationship because he reassures him um, that everything's going to be okay in that moment in his own little beard way. Um, and it seems to calm Ted down enough for him to kind of like get, get through it. But I do enjoy the fact that we are getting small little pockets of Ted's, Ted's cracks, you know, Mm. because he's trying to crack into all of these players and these people and his boss and whatever. But we also need to understand that we're reminded that Ted has a lot on his shoulders. He's got family problems at home. He's being called a wanker daily. He's got a team that kind of hates him. He's entering a, a game, his first game with into a sport that he doesn't understand at all. And I think that that is starting to kind of come out a little bit. And it's nice to see it subtly right now because it builds to something greater later. Yeah, it, it's it's nice to know, too, because I think one of the things that kind of turned some people away from the series when it first started is that everybody assumed that Ted Lasso was just a fish out of water story. Like it's mm-hmm. this big, happy go lucky guy that comes to Britain and changes everybody around him. And there's so much more to that because we're getting because Ted is so much more to that. Like we're realizing very early on. We got a glimpse of it in episode one and we get a little bit more of it in this episode is that Ted has his own issues. He is not what he seems to be on the surface as well. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Beard absolutely sees that. And I'm sure he knows that, too, because he imparts that advice on him. Like, you know, he sees that he's nervous. He sees him checking his hands and he tells him, like, remember what you told yourself back in, you know, back um, in uh, not Wichita. Um I forget where they're where they're from. Forgive me. Kansas. Um, maybe it was Wichita. Maybe yeah. it was Wichita they're, State. They're I might have been right. Um, like he tells them, like just remember what you told yourself. Then they're just kids, and you're right. Like it does kind of settle Ted mm-hmm. down, and I think it is. I, I think we don't see that again for a little bit now. Like we see Ted is kind of acclimating to everything yeah we'll see it in a few episodes again but yeah, yeah right oh, now it's just very tiny yeah i do appreciate that yeah they're they're not slapping us in the face with it now like they're gonna leave us with it for a little while right um let me see checking my notes too um oh holy wait i'm totally wrong that box from home is in this episode it is this episode because I have it in my notes. Um, oh, yeah. So, Imperialism. Yeah. So we do yeah. get 
That's right. Uh, I apologize. Sorry to to you and to listeners. I apologize. I was wrong. I win. Um, Because I love the fact that with that box, because I have this in my notes, I have Ted Ted checking in on Rebecca. Mm -hmm. He does again because he kind of wants to show that he... I don't want to touch. No, I guess we can kind of touch on this because it was brought up last episode. Um, I was wondering if it was a spoiler or not. Ted is having these issues at home. Like he is separated from his wife. Mm -hmm. He sees this now in Rebecca because Rebecca is going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, she is divorced. She has gone through the divorce, but she's still feeling the effects of the divorce. So this is something him and Ted or him and Rebecca have in common a little bit is this separation from a significant other. So the fact that he is still checking up on her again is just more endearing moments and Ted trying to connect with Rebecca. And I love the fact that when he comes in with that box and he see, you know, the bag of army men, we have the homemade kazoo, but you can't have that. There's only one of those. So you can't have that. (laughs) Um, and the barbecue sauce. She looked almost sauce. disappointed by that. Did you see right. that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I love the fact that Ted knew what he was doing with this. Yeah. Because when he comes in, that box was already open. Yep. He knew what was in that box. Yeah. Yeah. So he had every intention of using what was in that. He knew in his heart, somehow deep down, he knew this is going to help Rebecca. Mm -hmm. So like he wasn't, he was pretending to kind of just discover everything as he was opening it. He knew already what was in that box when he came in and it's literally a taste of home. It is. It's so cute. And it's totally by his his son, which is wonderful. And it it makes me I, I love this because this is like a, a, a more about the actors than the, the performance. Um, Jason Sudeikis is, is actually from Kansas. Right. He actually is from Kansas City. Um, and he is a huge fan of Kansas City barbecue. So this was Sudeikis kind of putting his own little world his own personal world into this character. Anybody that's had really good barbecue is a fan of barbecue. If you don't like barbecue, it's because you haven't had really good barbecue. Okay, rant over. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anybody knows this. Um, This is kind of outside of the world, but I'll, I'll mention it because I've actually gotten to talk to some of the actors about this. And I've actually gotten invited to go, and I haven't had the opportunity to take the invitation because... I would have to pay my own way, unfortunately. Every year, every year, they took a break during COVID, but every year, Jason Sudeikis, Paul Rudd, um, John, uh, David Koechner, and, oh God, I forget the fourth actor. Every year, they're all actors from Kansas City. They all are were brought up in Kansas and came up in Kansas. Every year, they do a huge charity event in Kansas uh, called the KC Big Slick. And they raise, they have raised millions of dollars for charity through this. And they bring in all these other actors to come in and be a part of it. And they do a charity softball game over the, it's over the course of like a weekend. They do a charity softball game. They do a charity bowling tournament. They do a bunch of like a golf outing. They do a bunch of little things, but it always ends with a huge gala 
in which you can buy tickets to, like it's not invite only, and all of the proceeds go to charity. That is awesome. Is there barbecue on the menu? Oh, I'm sure there is. Okay. I'm just like, how are we tying this into barbecue? Because I really need some barbecue. And like all these of like invited guests come out and do certain things like the bowling tournament, the softball tournament, but they're all at that big event at the end of the weekend. And they do like stand up and improv like and play games. And it's a huge event. And like I've, I've had David Keckner on my Wilhelm podcast and David Keckner invited me to it. Um, And I have, again, I haven't had the opportunity to, accept the invite yet well i'll go but i fully plan on going to the kc bigs like one year yeah we'll go we'll go together it'll be fun absolutely but again Um, like that's sudeikis so that's why i brought it up can i ask you a question sure lion or panda oh man it's a tough i do you know i actually thought about this do you want to be do you want to be able to pee while you do a handstand (laughs) would you like to poop 40 times a day I'm just going to tell you this right now to the listeners out there. Please stay till the end. <laughs> <laughs> please stay to the end of this episode. Because uh, there will be an outtake. Okay, <laughs> so lion or end. panda? Lion or panda? <sighs> you know, it's interesting because like when you listen to the reasoning behind it, like Rebecca saying she wants to be a lion, like it, she's very clearly coming from a place of power. Like, and that's what a lion represents, but there's something more to the innocence of a panda. She's a sad panda right now. Yeah. Uh, and that's how she makes a panda come across too. Mm-hmm. Like they have piss stained fur and, and I love the, what's black and white and red all over a panda that gets near a fucking lion. Yeah. All right. I mean, we see a lot. We, she's just, she is on the attack. Like, she just doesn't want anybody to get near her. She doesn't want anybody to think that she's anything other than their boss. She's not a leader. She's a boss. And there's a big difference. You, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and I see that in, in Rebecca and Ted. Ted is a leader. Rebecca's a boss. And yeah. it's interesting to see those two uh, personality types, those two work types, career types, clash in the ways that they clash. But well, um, pandas, Rebecca is a – yeah, go ahead. Pandas – are um, really good at camouflage and it into whatever environment that they're in. And I think that that's what we see in Rebecca right now is that she is hiding and she's doing a really good job of hiding, but she's yeah. hiding uh, in all the facets of her life right now. And I think that she is a panda instead of a lion right now. I think she wants to be the lion. Yes, for like sure. She- she wants to be the lion because that's how currently she sees herself. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like she is a sad panda. She is a panda at this mm-hmm. moment, even though like she doesn't realize, or maybe she does realize it and she just doesn't want it to come across because she has been hurt. She is a hurt and scorned woman. And for that reason, she has put her defensive walls up. And the only person that is even making a dent or even I would say the only person who is attempting to chip away at those walls and actually doing it is Ted. Ted. Mm -hmm. Well, and is chipping away. And alternatively, Keely, I think views herself as a panda, but she is the lion. Oh God. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to see Keely and Rebecca, um, thinking that they're one thing and really being the other in totally opposite ways. And I love that. Yeah. 
I do too. And and Keeley is a character who we get a. We only got the brief introduction to Keeley last episode, and you kind of hit the nail on the head in that they are, um, they're kind of hinting a little bit of a ship between Ted and Keeley. Like mm-hmm. we kind of see that flirtatious nature, but we get in this episode that Rebecca also sees it, right? And she's going to exploit it. Well, and it's just two people that really genuinely crave personal connection, not sexual mm-hmm. person, personal connection, but just genuine, friendly, personal connection. That's what Keely and Ted have in common. And that's why they, they work so well as a friendship. Um, and it does, and, and it's so sad because so many times in life, these authentic friendships do get exploited for personal gain. And then it makes you think that you can't have these authentic personal relationships between a male and a female. And you can. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing romantic going on between these two characters. They are forging a friendship. And it's also interesting to mention too, how you say like they are two people that just want personal connection. It's also, it's interesting to look at Ted and Keely in this moment because they are two people who as badly, I think the reason why they connect so well and become as friendly as they are feeding, you know, Ted feeding Keely a cheeseburger, um, you know, and, and wiping a condiment off of her, wiping ketchup off of her mouth. Like you're right. There's no sexual attraction here. There's nothing sexual about this relationship. They are two people who want personal connection. And these are two characters who don't have that right at the moment. They don't even though they're both involved. Yeah. Like Ted, Ted has, you know, Everybody, like, he's got the team that he's worrying about, but he's not connected to them yet. Keely is in a relationship with Jamie, but there's a lot missing from that relationship. It mm-hmm. is a very surface relationship, he, you know. But Ted's marriage is also in trouble. True. So you have yeah. these two people that are missing th- these connections in their life, and I think that they fill um, a very innocent part of the connection that they are missing in their life, which is really nice. And I like their friendship. I really, really like it. So there's, there's a number of friendships that we're going to get throughout the course of this. And Ted and Keely is one Mm -hmm. because their, their friendship is, yeah, their friendship is great because they're, they, I think they remain very open Mm -hmm. with each other. They look out for each other. Um, they go to each other for advice. Ted going to Keeley more than Keeley goes to Ted, but I'm okay with that because that again just shows the endearing nature that Ted has. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm ready to talk about spoilers. <laughs> I, I I have one other thing. I have one other thing that I want to. I kind of let me see. We yeah we kind of get Rebecca. I, we kind of touched on this a little bit, and that Rebecca gets her light bulb moment in that. She sees this budding friendship between Ted and Keeley and kind of decides to exploit it by jealousy, sending, telling Ted that if he wants to get through to Jamie to go to Keeley. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of pushing the two of them together to kind of exploit them uh, in having that that um that photographer take pictures of them. Uh I love the street musician in the, the busker because he will make a return. Yes, he will. He will make a return. Um, I'm kind of getting my last minute notes out before we go into spoilers and then we'll, we'll do spoilers and quotes. Um, uh, Ted checking in on Rebecca. We talked about the light bulb moment. Happy birthday, Sam. Uh, 
the street musician. Okay, so the only other note I have is something that I noticed. <laughs> Nate breaking the window to impress Roy. Um, he was so was, surprised he did that. And I love the fact that Roy says, good lad, as he's... Good. Yes, as he that was so away. perfect. Yeah, that was perfect. Um, the only other thing I have, and it actually is related to Roy, this is something I never noticed before. As In the number of times I've watched episode two, I didn't even notice it when I watched it a couple days ago. I didn't notice it until last night. We get a glimpse of another character who is not introduced yet. When they are walking out onto the pitch for the game, there is somebody with Roy. Phoebe is with Roy. Oh, Phoebe. Yeah. He is holding Phoebe's hand, escorting Phoebe out onto the pitch. I'm so happy. I love Phoebe. We'll talk about Phoebe next week. We'll talk about Phoebe next week. Um, Okay. So. Oh, last thing I wanted to say, the song that played at the end. Uh, during the credits is the crystal palace song that they sing in the locker room before games. Really? Yes. Okay. I did not know that. (laughs) I love the fact too, that the episode kicks off with Ted uh, pouring one piece of cereal. He had one piece of shredded wheat and he's full. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) No, I had a piece of cereal this morning. <laughs> yeah, I have I still have some quotes I haven't mentioned yet, but we'll uh we'll we'll get to that too. Um oh no, hold on. I the, the other the one last final note. I love that we're kind of getting as much as Rebecca is the character we haven't even talked about yet this episode, as much as Rebecca is using Higgins yeah. to do her dirty work, we're seeing glimpses that Ted has already gotten to Higgins. Yep. Not in, not intentionally. Higgins is just kind of like he's taken to Ted. It's hard not to. Because there's that, that moment where Ted is leaving the office and Higgins says, CZ you later. And Ted just comes bursting back in. And he does the yes. Like he, because... Higgins cracked a joke. Yes. Yes. And Ted loves it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, he loves it. So I love that we kind of get that little glimpse as well. Um, that Higgins is coming around on Ted before Rebecca does. Uh, all right. That being said, again, if you've checked the show notes, you already know this is where it's coming in. We're going to take a little bit of a diversion. We're going to go into some deep spoilers here. So if it's your first view, Check notes to know when to come back in uh, for for post-spoilers and when we'll go into quotes. Uh, Where do you want to go with the spoiler stuff? Higgins is going to be a diamond dog. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Higgins is going to be a diamond dog. He's already already displaying uh, features of being a diamond dog. And Rebecca and Sam both get army men in this episode. Rebecca and Sam both get army men. And I I didn't think about it. I knew there's a huge age difference between Rebecca and Sam. I didn't realize how much because yeah, this is only 20. his 20th birthday. <laughs> I, I had the same thought. I was like, ah, ah, that's so which, many years. Which means he is at the oldest 21. Maybe. Yeah. When that whole thing goes down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, he, yep. he is maybe 21. Yeah. Right. Um, and she's like, late 40s at the earliest yeah 
Yeah. Right. I, yeah, that, I'm just. Oh my god! Like, I, I wish that there was a better way for them to have been together, but I never could get on board with their relationship because that age difference made me just so weirded out. Well, because I, I think- loved, I thought that that was such a good decision to put them together because they worked for each yeah. other. But ah, the age difference was gross. Well, and I think as viewers, I think we were kind of, as much as we loved it, I think we were kind of already inclined to believe that this is something that's doomed to fail, mm-hmm. but we were rooting for it so badly. Yeah. It, it was like the most uncomfortable rooting for I've ever done. <laughs> and there are, we're going to get a lot throughout season one of the hints of what's to come with Sam and Rebecca, mm-hmm. but you're right. Both of them being the two characters that get army men in this episode are. It's the first hint yeah, that there is a connection there. It, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a cool little piece of foreshadowing that you you can totally throw away. Um, but if you're re-watching it like we are, you see that that connection is made in the second episode of the series. Yeah. In a very it's, the, it's the first hint of that connection. Right. It's like a little yeah. sprinkling. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's not anything you kind of see until you go back and rewatch. Right. Right. As you're viewing, it's just like, oh, they they just got army men. Yeah. Even though Sam doesn't accept his, it was still offered to him. Right. Imperialism. Yeah. (laughs) As was Rebecca. Um, Uh, What about you? What do you have? Because I have more, but I want to hear what you have. No, go. Because I really don't have a lot of spoilery stuff. I was kind of I was thinking that leaving it to you. I have more for episode three. I was thinking that Roy was like secretly really loving the suggestion boxes because of his connection with Phoebe. I could see that. You know what I mean? And I so could absolutely see that. I think that Roy put the suggestion in the box about the water pressure because he's like, because he he had softened to the box because it because Nate said, I made this with my niece. And Roy does the same kind of stuff with his niece. And so I think it humanized him a little bit and softened him enough to take it seriously, just enough that he said, Let's see what the gaffer will do with this. And it's funny too, because they kind of leave you because they never do reveal who put that suggestion in there for the water right. pressure. Um, they kind of lead you to believe that it might've been Colin mm-hmm. because Colin is the one that goes into the shower at the end next to Roy and doesn't expect it to be fixed. <laughs> he goes on the floor. <laughs> he gets like slapped part. in the face. With the, the gaffer with the fixed, fixed the water, water pressure. pressure. <laughs> and, but Ted is, or but Roy is the one that's kind of reveling in it. Mm-hmm. Like he is the one that is just sitting there taking it in. Yeah. So I think you might be right. I think it could have been Roy that put that suggestion in the suggestion box. Yeah. I always thought that, but I just, um, just knowing Roy's affinity for his niece and now Nate's affinity for his niece and this little, you know, paper craft project probably softened. Roy's, you know, very hard and heart just enough to play Ted's game. I love too that that we're as I mentioned, this is the first time I viewed that we saw that we see Phoebe mm-hmm. and she's being walked onto the pitch with Roy. It's never mentioned. It's very quick. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's a blink and you'll notice it moment because I've never noticed it before this time. But I love the fact that like we get those little instances where we're being introduced to characters before we're being introduced to characters. Right. Be- because another character who we meet later on 
I don't think it's until we meet her in season two, but we're not introduced to her until season three, is Phoebe's mom. Oh, yeah. She is the nurse that helps the psychologist when she's in her biking accident in oh, season two. Interesting. She's the I ER nurse. She's the ER nurse that helps her. So Ted has already met Phoebe's mom before we're ever introduced to Phoebe's mom. I love that. Because she comes back in season three as Phoebe's mother. Yeah. Is that for Uncle Day? That's for Uncle Day. I love Uncle Day. I can't wait to get to Uncle Day. Um, I love every single one of these episodes. Yeah. So those... um, and then the the birthday cake, when he comes in with the birthday cake and he invites them down, you know, what's nice is that you see, you know that Higgins and Rebecca eventually become fixtures down in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to see kind of the beginning of how that starts with, you know, here's the cake. I brought you guys some cake. We're celebrating downstairs, you know, come on down. It will really help the kids and or, or, the, or the boys. And uh, I think Leslie is the only one that comes down, right? He does. Rebecca never comes down. Right. So it takes a little while before Rebecca starts to finally come down into the locker room. Well, first she has to, you know, realize that she's going to keep this job. (laughs) Well, and and not only that, but like, I love the fact that Ted includes everyone when he says team. Yes. Rebecca and Higgins are included in the word team. Yeah. I bet you he's just a great dad. You know, he really embraces that it takes a village, you know, because it does. Um, Yeah. So anyways, those are my little spoilers. But I just couldn't wait to talk about Rebecca and Sam both getting those army men, man. (laughs) No, because uh, it's that little, like you said, it's that little pinch. Mm -hmm. That kind of, it's it's the beginning of the seasoning of what will come. Right. With Rebecca and Sam. Yes. So. I don't, I, yeah, I don't really have anything else spoilery. Yep, me neither. Um, uh, so for those of you rejoining us again, uh, we are done with the spoiler talk. Um, let's get into some quotes because I, I didn't mention some, but there are some others from this episode. Again, it's, it's really the quotes that kind of make me love this show as even more than I already do because the show is so quotable. Yep, right. It is incredibly quotable. Um, Greg kind of mentioned it in his in his feedback last week, but it's it's not until this episode that we get it. The high five tree as he's leaving Rebecca's office. Uh, high five tree. We both yeah. like jumped up. We were like, "This is the episode it comes from," because we we hear it all the time. High five tree, and then this time we got to see it. We were so excited, and so now every single time he leaves Rebecca's office, I'm like, "Come on, do it again." <laughs> Um, I, I love when, when Ted's in the office and he gives, you know, the biscuits and the boss become biscuits with the boss becomes a thing. Like he's leaving the office and Rebecca's like, you're going to show up with biscuits tomorrow, aren't you? Oh, come on now. I wouldn't bet on that unless you want to win a buttload of money. (laughs) (laughs) I like, um, I like the, Hey, Nate, who me? Yeah. Until we get another Nate here, (laughs) I just need you to assume that you're my default Nate. (laughs) You're my default Nate. (laughs) Uh, I've mentioned the what's black and white and red all over. A panda. The goldfish has already been. Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, oh. Night court. Um, Jamie, I think that you might be so sure that you're one in a million that sometimes you forget that out there, you're just one of 11. (laughs) Uh, The only other one I have. It's the only other one I have too, is the, the scene with 
uh, Ted and Beard reading the suggestions from the suggestion box. And most of them say like wanker, wanker. like get lost. Now. And then Ted reads the one that says, I hope you choke on a Big Mac. Uh, and Beard's like, well, at least they're anonymous. He's like, no, Roy signed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the, um, the little, the back and forth between, uh, Beard and Ted when he goes, they call cleat boots. I thought you said the trunk of the yeah. car was a boot. Also a boot. Hold on now. If I were to get fired from my job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car, you'd got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one later too. I got that one too. Roots and boots, yeah. Okay, I got one. What if I join forces with a swashbuckling cat to play tiny guitars for women of the night as we read Alex Haley's most seminal work? You'd be in cahoots with Puss in Boots playing lutes for prostitutes reading Roots. (laughs) The relationship between Beard and Ted is like... I I have more on that next week when we talk about episode three, but it's like... It never... It wavers maybe a little bit later, but it never ends. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's so good. It, it, it's one of my favorite parts of this. Uh, any final notes nope. on this episode before we get into the feedback? I'm good. Good. Uh, all right. So with that, with that being said, as I mentioned, we didn't get as much for this episode as we did for the pilot, but that's okay. Uh, we welcome the feedback as we continue further. Still plenty of episodes left to uh, to do. But we do have two voicemails, uh, one from our friend uh, Greg, who we mentioned earlier, and, of course, one from uh, Steve Brown. So uh, let's play the voicemail from our friend Greg first. And here that is. Okay. Hey, guys. This is Greg. Uh, I think I might just do quotes or maybe just some just random comments. So the differences between uh america and uh and and britain hey we have we have uh frosted weeks and they have one giant piece of cereal it's pretty solid first day of school gotta look right ted i don't have time for biscuits with boss this morning or any morning high five three <laughs> you got the boot putting boots in the boot of all of the, I love the all of the references, like the American references to uh, American pop culture. Given that I am a complete nutter pop culture nerd, I mean the obvious one: be a goldfish. Still laughing at things you ain't think, don't think are funny, huh? Well, I can't tell what's a joke. I, I hear you. <laughs> so, as a pop culture nerd, uh, I just want to want to very specifically call out that this is very, very similar to Margaret Whitman or Whitlock or Whit, whatever from major league. Uh, you know, Oh, she, the, the, the manager, the one thing that could muck this up is that, uh, he's so relentless and nice. All right. I'm going to cut it here because there's just so much awesomeness, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the major league comparison was, was huge for me in this. Cause that was one of the few R rated movies I was able to watch when I was a kid that and pretty well. Uh, pretty pretty much sums up my childhood. All right, look forward to the podcast. Bye, Greg. Okay, me I too. I'm, I'm, I get to move on to episode three now. Yay! <laughs> Yay, Greg. Me too. I would those. I was allowed to watch Pretty Woman and Major League as well. Those are my rated R movies. <laughs> yeah, the the Major League reference is something I absolutely picked up on when I first started watching the show because I was kind of hoping 
like in the first episode, we get that absolutely like this is a manager who's out to destroy the team, just very similar to how she was in Major League. And I it almost turned me off of the show in the beginning because I thought, oh, this is just the British Major League. Oh, no. And then I continued watching. And like I said, within 10 minutes, I was like, no, this is even if the story is the same, this is so much different than than Major League. And I'm going to love this. Uh so I, I'm glad I stuck with it because again it became one of my favorite shows right. of all time. So, but I absolutely get the reference of Major League, and I think my first R-rated movie, I think was Total Recall. No, that was the first one I was allowed to see in theaters. Oh, RoboCop Two! I also watched RoboCop Two. I watched a number of R-rated movies when I was a kid, mainly because I was told I wasn't allowed to. Well, so, listen, I, so I did it anyway. All of us children of the '80s were not watched. We were not supervised. No, and it kills our parents. Th- no, to we were latchkey kids. Yeah, it was. It kills our parents to this day. Like my mom does not to this day does not like to admit th- this fact. And I'm like, mom, it, it, you're you weren't the only parent. All of us, all of us, all of us exennials out there. Okay, Gen X cuspers, yeah. millennial cuspers. We were we raised ourselves. I mean, you guys had a definite hand in it. Thank you very much for birthing us, clothing us, feeding us, guiding us. But largely, <laughs> <laughs> we are children of of the neighborhood, children of the world. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we came home to empty houses from yeah. school. Yeah, I used to eat Kool-Aid powder and get it all over the kitchen floor. And my dad would come home and he would crunch on the kitchen floor. Oh, no, it's a core memory of mine, the actual sound of the crunch that his shoes made on the kitchen floor. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 unheard of to this day. It's like it's not really a, a thing anymore that we would walk home from school and come home to an empty house. Yeah. And we would be there for a few hours oh, before for, parents yeah. came home. Oh, yeah. And you knew that you had to be home when the, the lights came on outside. If yeah. the, the street lights came on, you were late. <laughs> I mean, I come from a generation, like, it's one of the reasons why I love my mom as much as I do, is like coming up through, and I know we're already off topic, and we have one more voicemail to listen to, but I'll end with this. Oh, whoops. I, I, yeah, I grew up in a time where... Like my upbringing with my mother is that like when I was in high school, I was very clearly too young to drink. But if I was over somebody's house and we were drinking, my mom was okay with it as long as I didn't leave that house. Yeah. Yeah. My she parents knew where I like was. No. Yeah. She knew where I was. Well, because my mom knew she did it when she was my age. So like she wasn't going to try and fight it. But as long as she knew where I was. And I wasn't leaving. She was okay with it. Yeah. She accepted it. She might not have been okay with it, but she accepted it. Well, it's a rite of passage thing, you know. It sucks, but it is. It's a rite of passage thing. But, yeah. I mean, it's just funny to me that, like, whenever – and whenever I hear people that are around our age and they're talking about their childhood or whatever, it just – it makes me feel comfortable knowing that I'm not the only kid that came home to – working parents, like no parents yeah. were home, you know? So it's nice. That's all I'm saying. Cause I know I'm going to tell my parents to lay love lasso. I'm going to tell my parents to watch, you know, to listen to our podcast and hi mom. Hi Sandy. <laughs> hi <laughs> guys. Uh, but yeah, we it's do 10 have- PM. Do you know where your kids are? That was, <laughs> that was for a reason. <laughs> uh, we do have one more voicemail to listen to. And of course that is from our friend, Steve Brown. So let's play that now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve. And, uh, I have to say your analysis 
<laughs> your analysis <laughs> from uh, season one pilot was just great. And I'm 12 years old. And here we go with episode two. <laughs> That's great. The whole you got to look right, coach, because they drive on the right there. <laughs> That's different. Rebecca always slams her laptop down whenever somebody comes in the room, no matter what she's doing. He said biscuits. I mean, he said biscuits with the boss, but still biscuits. It's still a mic drop. So title. episode. <laughs> Whoa. Ted's first concert was Kenny Rogers. I love it. <laughs> you got the boot putting boots in your boot. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I this is going to go long. I'm sorry. There are only 30 minute episodes, but still there's so much great stuff in this. Oh, and the Bia Goldfish is right here. Oh, hey, I just saw the credit. This was directed by Zach Braff, which I know he's involved with. Yeah, the whole series. What does AFC stand for? I've always this is troubling the whole time I watch this these this series. AFC is something football club. What's the A? <laughs> more business with the boss, more mic drops, but gosh, it's just he's so positive. Gosh. <laughs> I love that answer to Kramer's question. You know it when you see it. <laughs> Only one kazoo. So you can't have that. Wait, is Archele and Ted eating the same sandwich? That's kind of gross, but ew. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we got a, a brief bit of uh, uh, Sam refusing the soldier because, you know, imperialism. Oh, bad move, Jamie. They're, they're celebrating Sam, not uh, pushing. Uh. Oh, and I forgot. We see the beginnings of uh, machinations of, of Hannah trying to tear down Ted. With his Keely, uh, I I'm done. <laughs> uh, Association Football Club is AFC. Thank that's you. I didn't saying. know. Yeah, uh, that's what that's what that stands for in the <laughs> Premier League. Um, I had one other note on Steve's voicemail, and I already forgot what it was because I was trying not to forget Association Football Club. Hey, thank you so much, Steve, for telling us about how you liked the first episode, too. I appreciate yes. that because um, I've gotten a couple of of pieces of feedback about, you know, how how much uh, some listeners really liked our first uh, our pilot episode. And um, I appreciate that because, yeah, this show does mean a lot to Ben and I. So it's nice to be heard on that one. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, again, we guys, we encourage you guys to leave us feedback uh, for past episodes, future episodes. Let us know what you thought of our coverage. Let us know what you thought about the episodes, favorite moments, quotes, all that fun stuff. Easiest way to do that, just visit the website, revisitedpod.com. You'll find links there on where to leave feedback, subscribe, listen, all that fun stuff. Or you can email us directly uh, in the form of an email or record yourself in a, in a voicemail and send it to us at feedback at revisitedpod.com. Uh, any final notes before we, we wrap this up? No, just please, no. um, please leave us some feedback because it's yeah. fun. I like feedback. I do too. I, I love hearing people's thoughts on the show and, and I know you have them. Uh, cool. So with that being said, uh, next episode, season one, episode three, Trent Krim, the independent. Yes. <laughs> so very clearly we're going to get more on Trent Krim, uh, as a character. Who's My a favorite character? non-football player character. <laughs> I agree. Trent Krim, the independent. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so 
Thank you as always for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Revisited family for feedback, for everything that you guys do. But until next time, we'll see you guys back on the pitch. Take care. It's just poopy. Did you know that <laughs> pandas poop 40 times a day? Uh, I did not know that, but I did know before Rebecca told me that they do have piss-stained fur. That's because I'm looking at facts and it says that pandas sometimes do handstands when they pee. (laughs) It says sometimes to mark their scent, pandas climb a tree backwards with their hind feet until they're in full handstand upside down, enabling them to leave their scent higher up. Pandas are so dumb. I love how dumb they are. This This is an outtake going at the end of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, well, I had to look up, you know, panda facts because we're going to talk about panda versus lion, you know? Oh, God. This is going at the end. (laughs) This is a post credit outtake.